season real quickly, your This is where we begin. I'm willing to start off, and I'm willing to overcome my biases, and I'm willing to overcome whatever I want to say. Congratulations. Great win for Georgia. Thank you, bro. Thank you. you. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, honestly, that's I think that's the game we should start off with just because it was the biggest game of the week. Um, yeah. I think a couple things. Um, I almost wanted to say this to you on the phone yesterday, but I thought this was maybe too hot of a take, but I didn't realize how a couple of things, but the take I was going to say was my take was, is that Stetson Bennett was going to outplay Bo Nix, which happened. Yeah. Um, do I think Stetson Bennett is a better quarterback than Bo Nix? No. But the, the thing was, is that Stetson Bennett made plays when he needed to and Holy mother of God, it's just a couple of things from Auburn that like, Obviously, their defense is nowhere near what it was last year. Like, they, they had to completely – they're completely reloading on defense. Um, and you guys exposed them where it needed to be exposed. Like, um, and Bo Nix is still a super, super immature quarterback that hasn't taken the steps from year one to year two. Like, last year, some of the stuff I thought, I was like, okay, he's a freshman. Like, that's going to happen. But, like, zero pocket pres presence. Like, there's – and – and to be fair, the his offensive line is trash, um, and his the play calling was absolute booty. Yeah, like, so it didn't really help him out. But no, I, I mean, solid win for Georgia. The defense, obviously, the defense looked elite, um, bro. And people, you gotta think, LeCount got tossed in the first half. Yep, for targeting. So our best player yeah. wasn't on the field for most of the game. Yeah, I mean. I think that Auburn's game plan fed right into how Georgia wanted them to play. Yeah. Which, which was, which was like, number one, for example, like, and I'm, and I'm talking about just heading into the future. The only concerns I like, the, well, not even concerns, but where you take advantage of Georgia, like this is me looking at it from a Florida fans perspective. Cause I'm like, yo, like, you know, how do we beat this team? Yeah. And my thing is, is like, you spread out the offense and you you take you have you spread out the offense and you take advantage of that like and you and you try to and you really you kind of have to go air raid and that's where i think i'm interested to see how you guys play against alabama cuz alabama yeah. has that is able to do that but like for example like auburn really had the opportunity to keep it way closer than it was but Bo Nix was not accurate on the deep ball. No, not at all. Like not there was throw, there were throws where they oh, yeah. could have, it could have been six. Yeah, and there were, was there like, were a couple throws where a guy was, even if not wide open, had a chance at a ball and yeah. he just overthrew him or underthrew him or yeah, just missed them. Um, and I think a lot of that came from, you know, you said the Auburn offensive line play was suspect, but I think also man, that, um, I think also that, Georgia was doing a good job of mixing up how they were showing blitzes. Like, 
first off, they were doing a lot of interior blitzes. I mean, they blitzed up the middle several times, like directly into the pocket and forcing them yeah. to flush. Um, but then they were also, you know, they had at one point, I think, it looked like they were going to bring seven just by the alignment they had guys on. And then yeah. some drop back into coverage, some end up blitzing. You know, there's a couple times they did that, nobody blitzed. So I think they did a good job with a young, immature, inexperienced quarterback, you know, inexperienced in the sense of he's only had one year, you know, in college. Um, yeah, was making him second-guess things, making him run out of the pocket early even though there wasn't pressure, um, making him have to make decisions that he didn't want to make, which is what you want to do against that kind of quarterback. Uh, I think also the thing that killed Auburn is Georgia has – sideline to sideline speed on defense man it is crazy how fast they are side to side and I know that sounds like that kind of sounds like coach speak like something a coach would just say like oh they got no defense or speed but bro there was a play where the a guy came in motion and Bo Nix hit him on the swing route while he was in in still in motion and our opposite side safety came downhill and made the play in the backfield. And it's like, that's insane. That's ridiculous to have well, that like, kind of ability. Well, the thing that, like, for example, like, I agree with you. Because, like, but the thing was, is, like, Auburn, so Auburn would run, the like, a quick screen with Anthony Schwartz. And, like, mm-hmm. it would get five yards. And against any other defense, that's the first down, probably. Yeah. But the difference is, like, my thing with the play calling was, is they never went away from that. Yeah. Like, like my, for example, if I'm a coach, that's what I go to in the first quarter, let it work. And then obviously you, UGA is going to make adjustments and then you take advantage of that and you start running crossing routes. Yeah. You start running like a, a, you know, deeper, a deep dig, a post like this, that, and the other. So I just like, don't get me wrong. I'm not discrediting Georgia. Like that, that's a great win. Oh, and I think sure. I'm not even like, to be honest with you, like, it's a difference. The difference of it last week to this week is, is that I'm not giving UGA's defense, although I do think UGA's defense is the top defense in the country. My takeaway from that game is, it's like, I knew what UGA's defense was like their defense, the defensive, the defense didn't impress me because I knew they were a good team. Uh, I still saw where like, like, for example, Auburn didn't take advantage of what UGA's defense gave them on the play calling side, as well as like Bo Nix just didn't perform well. Sure. Like their offensive line, like for example, the interior, the interior pass rush that Auburn or that Georgia was able to get was great and they did mix it up. However, Auburn's Auburn's offensive line is not good. Yeah. Um, but my takeaway from the game was was the offense. Um now, I don't think Auburn's defense is like we can both agree. And I know you will like, you've been saying this from day one. Auburn, there's no way in hell, like, I could see it preseason, but like, Auburn, the, Auburn's not a top. They're, Auburn should bump out of the top 15 this week. Easy. Like, they are not a top 15 to me. They're barely in the top 20, if that. Um, like, Auburn is not that great of a team this year. Um, and and I'm not taking away anything or Georgia. That was a great win. My point being is that like the offense is what impressed me uh, more so than anything. Just because I I I want to say it was a lot like the offense last year, but it really was like it wasn't. It wasn't. And the fact that like I think it was more like the offense from two years ago. Um, 
where yeah i would say that yeah where like, like like where we we i mean we had some guys really running the ball well last night that's what i'm saying breaks like you know big long touchdown runs or anything but just five six like seven yards. yeah seven yards of yeah. carry like dude that's what white was running hard man yeah. like, there was a couple times he would get stood up at the line and he would drive the pile three more yards. But to be fair, and to be fair though, your offensive line looked really well. Oh yeah. Like to be fair, like like don't get me wrong, Zeus is a monster and would get two yards after contact, like like with three guys on him. But Zeus wasn't touched until five yards five yards down the field. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that when I'm saying like it's going to be your typical Georgia offense, and the fact that I'm talking about like two years ago, where you're going to have it's going to be you know, ground and pound. And essentially the reason it's going to work is because, and the same reason it worked for Jake Fromm in his second year is because Stetson Bennett looked extremely poised, made all the right decisions, made good throws. Um, I mean, the thing is, is like Stetson Bennett's arm is not great. Stetson Bennett does not have any, like, for example, Stetson Bennett has no intangibles of a quarterback physically, physically. But he's got the right he's got the right mindset. He's got and he's he's smart. He's poised. He's not phased. And and I think it helps that he's been in that system so long. Yeah. Um, but my point is, is like it's going to be the same thing two year two years ago with Fromm. Stetson Bennett is not going to go out there and win you any games. But Stetson Bennett is not going to go out there and lose you any games. But I think that's the perfect mix for Georgia this season with how good their defense is. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, I have been the number one proponent of changing the offense. I've told you for the last several years, I think that Kirby wants to change the offense. I think he's trying to. He's had a lot of bumps in the road at quarterback. We've talked about sure. that more on this show than maybe any other singular topic. So we don't have to go into that. But bottom line is, you can't change the offense if you don't have the right personnel. Exactly. You can't let Mathis be the starter just because you're trying to change the offense if he's not going to get the job done. The name of the game, I saw uh, an analyst tweet this last night. The name of the game in the SEC is just win. Yeah. Win the game. You don't got to look flashy. You don't got to take risks. You just got to win the game. And I think Georgia, with Stetson Bennett, has the best chance to do that with Stetson on the field. Because, like you said, I would agree. he's not going to make bad decisions. He's not going to throw a deep ball just to throw a deep ball. Um, he's not going to do those dumb little shovel passes like that was the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. And I will say this, bro, if you'd have told me before the season, before last week, that Stetson Bennett was going to end up our starter, I would have been like, we're in Fuck. bad shape. But over the course of two weeks, man, I've just seen the kid is is poised. He's calm. He doesn't get rattled. Several plays last night, he's got Auburn guys in his face about to take a hit. I was about to say, under pressure. Under pressure. Yes. Dude, there was one throw where he literally was had guys on top of him. He rolled out, uh, like, to the side you don't want to roll out to, right? Yeah. He had to roll away from where he would like to go and made a throw on the run. And I'm like, I don't know if I would have trusted Jake Fromm to roll out and make that throw on the I run. honestly thought that. I was like, I don't think Jake Fromm is eluding that pressure, which is weird to say. But, like, Seth Zimbabwe might be a little more athletic 
He's faster than I thought. Now, like you said, looking at him, bro, Stetson Bennett fails the eye test. I literally looked at him last night, and I was like, eye test. I I remember looking at it at him at one point last night, and was like, holy fuck, like this guy just threw against 240 yards against. Bro, that's what I'm saying, and then, like I've been super impressed with that, and I think we've got enough athletes around. Yeah, that he's going to be able to succeed. He's not going to have a 400 yard game. He's not gonna no. have an insane seventy nine percent night or something like that, but he's gonna be serviceable. He's not gonna throw many interceptions, I don't think. And our defense is great, so I mean, I'm willing to I'm willing to say, yeah, I'm willing to say this, and I don't think this is too far of a stretch. The the but I'm willing to say that 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 performance last night will probably be, probably be the best that he has all season. But my the difference is, is like the difference between him and Dwayne Mathis is, is like, like or a JT Daniels is like that's the best performance he's probably going to have all season as far as like I don't even know and and I think like on paper it doesn't look like it's anything amazing like a touchdown two forty yards like that's that's great don't get me wrong against Auburn defense but my my difference is, is like my difference is. That's probably Stetson Bennett's like Stetson Bennett's ceiling is probably thrown for you know maybe you know a couple more yards and maybe another touchdown or two. Yeah, like Stetson Bennett probably Stetson Bennett's never going to be throw. Like I'm willing to say Stetson Bennett will probably never throw for 300 yards, right? And that's a, that's a tribute to the offensive line and the running backs yeah. as well. But I'm saying that also Stetson Bennett is never going to go out there and throw three picks and you know like my yeah. point is is like. The drop-off, like, that was the best performance he's going to have all season, most likely. But the drop-off from that is going to be like, okay, he didn't throw for 240 yards, but he threw for, you know, 180. And he, and he got had a 65% completion rating. Co- correct. Like that. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not going to be like – he's never going to play abysmal. So, yeah. And I think Kirby is, like, in a situation, too, where it's not like when Jake Fromm – okay, when Jake Fromm and Justin Fields happen. Everyone was saying Kirby should give Justin Fields a chance. But Kirby was under the gun because he's got a quarterback who led them to a national championship. Yeah. And they're saying to bench him, right? Well, I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight, too, because Justin decides If he decides to bench Stetson Bennett down the road for DeJuan Mathis or JT Daniels, everyone's going to be like, well, Stetson did the best he could for as long as he could. He's well, going to walk on, you know, type of thing. Um I- yeah. He's not going to have the pressure. Like, if he if he starts JT Daniels last night and JT Daniels wins this game and then he has a great game against Tennessee, even if JT Daniels craps the bet against Alabama in a couple weeks, Kirby would have the pressure of keeping him as the starter. Yeah, I don't think that pressure's there to keep Stetson as the starter. So, I think, like, I think that what's, what's going to end up happening as far as a defense making adjustments to y'all's offense, it's like, as easy, like, Easier said than done. Obviously, like you have to, you have to have Georgia only average like three yards a carry. Yeah. And and the thing you have to make, really, it's going to come down to you have to make Stetson Bennett make plays. And last night he made those plays. But I also think that, like you guys, to me, Auburn did Auburn on the defensive line and linebackers looked very slow to me last night. Yeah. Like, for example, like you guys are going to play teams that have more speed and I think that's where you could get Bennett in trouble as far as having him make plays but like for example like like just just to give an example because I know personnel better 
like on those rollouts where he's he's barely missing a sack. Like to me, that's a sack against Florida because Florida's fast. Florida's faster than Auburn, right? But like at the same time, if Georgia's averaging seven yards a carry, it doesn't fucking matter. What yeah. we, you know? So that's the thing. Is it's like I don't know. I mean, honest, like Bravo. Like if you're a Georgia fan, I was saying if you're a Georgia fan, that's exactly how you wanted the game to go. Yeah, yeah. Like, and my thing is like we. I actually feel comfortable now with our quarterback situation, whereas, you know, at the beginning of the season, before we saw any games or anything, I was very uncomfortable with it, and I was very nervous about it and that sort of thing. So I will take this. The one thing I will say about Auburn that I wanted to mention, Tank Bigsby is the real deal. Yeah, Tank Bigsby is legit. I wanted him at Georgia. You know, he's from Georgia. He's from Callaway. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted him to end up at Georgia. Um, he kind of got lost in the shuffle with the whole Zach Evans debacle. Yep. Because Zach Evans committed, then Tank Bigsby committed to Auburn, and then Zach Evans got in trouble and all that stuff that went down. Sure. Um, so I really, really wanted him at Georgia. And now I feel that way even more. I wish he'd ended up in Georgia. But if yeah. Auburn doesn't just hand the ball off that man and get him as many touches as possible – they're crazy. That's what I say because there's a difference. There's a difference between playing Georgia's defense and every other. Like Tank Bigsby, if you hand him to like that man was doing solid against Georgia's defense. Yeah. Like even like even like, uh, it was funny because like Bo Nix's best play was an incompletion because but also Tank Bigsby like I don't know how the fuck he caught it but like Bo Nix dropped the ball over the linebacker's head. Tank Bigsby yeah. caught it and I was like well, it was out of bounds but I was yeah. like damn. So like, and that's the thing is like he I, he was picking up blocks on blitzes he was running the ball well he was being a good outlet for Bo Nix to dump it to if he was in trouble like I just sure. think if you're an Auburn fan and you don't like love that guy after seeing the way he played last night you're out of your mind the other thing I would say about the Georgia Auburn game I sent this to you last night Auburn's my most hated team on earth yep. In the last 20 years, Georgia is 15 and five against Auburn. Yeah, that's fucking wild. They're Georgia's 14 and six against. I'm willing Georgia. to say. I'm willing to say so this. We I had a worse record against Georgia Tech in the last 20 years than we've had against Auburn. The only thing that saved Gus Malzahn's job is the couple Alabama or the Alabama wins that he he gets. But to me, like that man deserves an extension, bro. Shut up. I know you want him to stay, but like. I just don't see it, man. Like, he's got to go for me. Like, and I know it's easy to say after one. And honestly, if I'm Gus Malzahn, I know my job is like, for example, my job, if I'm Gus Malzahn, Gus Malzahn took emphasis off of, uh, Gus Malzahn's offense is the most successful when Gus Malzahn is calling plays. Yes. Don't hand that off like to Chad. Every year, seems like every year he starts off the year not calling plays, and then by yep. mid-year he's calling plays again. He's going to take over. Chad Morris was abysmal last night. So, that's kind of how I think about it. Good win for Georgia. Um, we can move on to the next game. Um, Honestly, like, yeah. what are you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say. Final take of Georgia game. Okay. Typical Gus Malzahn fashion. He's going to lose some games this year that we're like, he looks awful, he should be gone. And then yep. he's going to end up beating. Watch, watch. He'll end up beating. He's not going to beat Bama. He's going to, bro, tell me. Tell me that would not be vintage classic. That is classic Melzon, but not this year, dude. That that defense is not good enough. Well, let's just jump in and talk about the Alabama game because those receivers are sure. ridiculous. So, I paid attention to 
the Alabama game a lot, and I paid attention to the Georgia game a lot. Uh, it was kind of like the Alabama game was my 3.30 game and the Georgia game was my 7.30 game. Um, yeah. And I just think – because, I, honestly, I was paying attention to the Alabama game just because I'm not even worried about Alabama right now. As a Georgia fan, you're probably checking out Alabama to see – for me, we play Texas A&M. Florida plays Texas A&M this upcoming week. So, I kind of wanted to see. Y'all won't play, y'all won't play Alabama unless we, it's in the, the SSTC championship game. Yeah. Yep. So, with me, it's like, I mean, it's Alabama, bro. Like, it's the same thing every year as far as the receivers are elite. They're going to get they're gonna get separation. And they have a guy who can make a deep, accurate pass. Bro, so listen to this. Listen. to a good, but I'm saying, what's up? Bro, listen to these receiving stats, okay? Hold on, let me, let me get to them. I just haven't pulled up. They went away. Dadgummit. Oh, here we go. Receiving stats, okay? Jay Mechie, three, had five receptions. His average – what do you think his average um, reception was? Who, who is this? Jay Mechie. He's uh, one of Oh, the- yeah, he went off. Uh, probably, I'm going to say, like, 14 yards. 36 yards average reception. Holy fuck. Waddle. Right? Five receptions. What do you think his average was? 20. 28.4. Jeez. Smith, six receptions. What do you think his average was? Well, now I'm going to go high. So I'm going to say two. Actually, I'm going to go. I'm going to say 17. 10. That's still crazy. It's a first down. Yeah. Najee Harris had two receptions. His average was 13. And then Forrestal, that tight end, had two receptions. His average was 11 and a half. So we're talking about one, two, three, four. The five leading receivers on Alabama's team had at least two receptions apiece and all average double-digit yards. So do you want to know why? Like what? Honestly, do you want to know why that Saban is is wanting to change his offense? I'm sorry, uh, Kirby? Because, um, I mean, that's just the trend in college football in general. Correct. But, like, my point is, is, like, my point is, is Saban knew that. Saban made those adjustments and got a Lane Kiffin, and then from there, Steve Sarkeesian. And that offense doesn't look back. Like, think about we, uh, Alabama used to play exactly how Georgia plays. Pound the rock, have a serviceable quarterback that makes that's poised, right? And so I think Kirby's seeing that trend as well as, like, Kirby's Nick Saban's, like, mini-me or, like, tries to be. So it's like – Bro, see, I think that's a misconception. I think that all of football is going this way. Like, to say Kirby's – you know what I mean? Like, LSU did the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm with you, but, like, yeah, I mean – and the thing with Texas A&M, too, just thinking about them, like – Well, dude, this is crazy. I'm looking at the rushing stats for Alabama. Uh, Let's see, 103 – They tore them up. No, no. Alabama only had 118 rushing yards. Yeah, because, I mean, that's what I'm saying. But, like, why do you need to run the ball when Jalen Waddles has 10 yards of separation? I know. I mean, I'm with you. But what I'm saying is that's how good they are. They're not even having to establish a run game to put up those kind of crazy – Oh, I know. That's my point, though. Like, Alabama would have had 300 yards rushing on them two years – or, I'm sorry, six years ago. But, like, my point is, is I don't know. I mean – I think that's kind of how I saw the game going. I thought Texas A&M's offense would be able to hang around, um, but I thought Alabama would be too much for them. Um, Bro, Mac Jones is really good, man. I think he's way better than people give him credit for. 
I think he's good, but at the same time, like, like, you know, I could throw a couple of TDs with Waddle. <laughs> like, I don't know if you could throw it far enough to get it. Probably up. not, but like at that point, like, how run too fast, bro? Have run a slant and that man just goes like. So, bro. I mean, I, I, there were two plays yesterday where I was like, actually, probably three, but three plays yesterday where I was like, this is what it means to have SEC speed. One was the play for Georgia uh, where they threw that swing pass and our safety came downhill and made the play. The yep. second one was on Waddle's, like, 60 or 70-yard touchdown, whatever it was, just yep. the way he blew past Texas a and defenders. He, like faked the dig. he faked the dig route and then went and then took it to a streak and freaking Bro, blew past him. When I say this man was moving, he was I mean, gone, bro. fast. And then there's a third play I'll tell you about when we get to that game. But just seeing the speed on those guys, man, on those receivers, we even were texting about it. Like, the yeah. the receivers are for Alabama are ridiculous, ridiculous. My 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 notes kind of going into the into the like just taking Texas and M and just looking at it from Florida's perspective is like like Kellamon. You gotta make you gotta you can't let Kellamon tear you up like if Kellamon's on he's gonna do his thing and like the thing is is like Texas A&M Texas A&M's whole season is gonna rely on that man's back how that man plays is how well they're gonna do yeah, so well, I would not feel good about that if I was them well that's like I think that I you know I don't want our defense to make it to make Kellamon look like a and I'm starting to get into floor a little bit but like I don't want our defense to, to you know you know to let Kellamon look better than he is yeah. And that's just, you know, and, and I'm kind of worried about that going into this week's game. Um, but, I mean, A&M, A&M, to be fair, A&M's out a lot of receivers. There are three uh, starting receivers that were supposed to be returning and all studs who had size are all opted out or out for the season. So, um, you know, to me, I think Texas A&M's defense is, is not good. Um, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I mean, honestly, that game is kind of what I expected. I expected – I wasn't expecting, like, 50 points from Alabama. I was expecting maybe, like, like 35 to 14. But in the same thing, it's like – it's the same. It was kind of like the uh, Florida Ole Miss game. Like, like, both put up their numbers, and it's fine. But, like, obviously, one team is just way better than the other. Yeah. And I think I, – I think, like, Texas A&M falls into the same – category that Auburn does for me in the sense of what is it about Jimbo and Texas A&M that people and Kellamon that they give them the benefit of the doubt every year like they haven't shown us who they are over. it's just a big big you know SEC school with a lot of publicity a lot of press I know, big bro, family. I know I'm with you I'm, I'm with you but I'm saying that's why they get all the preseason I'm just hype. tired of these schools being so hyped well and then they just they don't beat yep. anybody they don't beat anybody yeah. I know it's Alabama. I know that. But last week, they only beat Vandy by five points. Yeah. I mean. LSU, who got beat last week by a team no one thought was going to beat them, tuned up Vandy 41-7. to Well, yeah. I mean, that's a combination of like. And Texas A&M, 17-12. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you said, though, like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play that game where it's like, oh, this team beat that team by this much. So no, that means but I'm just saying. LSU, but teams like it doesn't. When a team like LSU is hyped up, it makes sense. When a team like Georgia is hyped up, it makes sense. When a team like Florida is hyped up or Alabama is hyped up, it makes sense. 
Why are Auburn and Texas A&M? There were people picking Texas A&M to finish and go to the playoff. Yeah, because they were stupid. Like, what are we what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I think Texas A&M will probably finish. I'm not too impressed with the West this year. Uh, I think actually LSU will probably finish second. Yeah, I mean, I think Alabama's like the clear favorite at this point, especially with LSU yeah. doing what they did. I mean, I think Auburn will finish third. I don't know. I mean, it's going to get messy because yeah. Mike Leach, we can talk about the Mississippi State game, I guess, next, but yeah. it's going to get messy because the Mike Leach is going to still win some games that people don't. Well, that's like, like, like for anyone introduced to Mike Leach, this is exactly what happens. Yep. Hey, like, this, this is what the air raid offense looks like. Looks exactly. Like some weeks looks rough. Others. Yep. I mean, KJ Costello had the fucking performance of his life. Tom was like, give him the Heisman. He throws three picks last week. I mean, that's just how it, and, and we'll get into that later, but um, I have a soft spot for, uh, for Arkansas a little bit. And yeah. honestly, like um, we'll get into some of the, some of those details and kind of like, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, with Mississippi state and that shit, I just, that's how it is. Like if they're not, I mean, obviously that was a surprise. Like there's no excuse for them to lose to Arkansas, but um, you know, that's Mike Leach. Like, He's going to win games when his team's on. He's unbeatable, and they're throwing for 700 yards and six touchdowns, and you're like, what do I do? And if they're off, they're looking they're looking yeah. terrible. And I think so. we can go ahead and talk about this game, Arkansas 21, Mississippi State 14. Um, I think the big takeaway for me here is if you're Mike Leach and you're, you're running the offense you're running, if you hold a team to 21 points, you should win. Oh, yeah. Like, this, even, even in a bad game, the air raid offense should put up um, you know, 28, and, 35 points. And my problem, but the reason last year, me, before Mike Leach even got hired, we talked about how we wish he would get hired in the SEC. The reason I would, I love the idea of the air raid in the SEC is because you're pairing a very high powered, fast offense with a conference that recruits defense well. Yeah. Um, and that is traditionally a defensive conference. And those two things, that's why I like the idea of Georgia changing the offense. Um, because those two things together to me seem really good. And your defense played well, Mike Leach. I mean, they well, that's shut them a- out in the fourth quarter, 21 total points, and one of them was a defensive touchdown. So, really, the defense only gave up 14 points. And well, that's a, in the game. That's the thing, too, is, like, for Mike Leach, like, to me, if he pounds the rock with Colin Hill, they win that game, and they win, yeah. it, they win it by a couple of touchdowns. But the difference is, is like, I, I, you know – if you look at the SEC personnel, you look at Arkansas. On Ar- Arkansas, out of offense, defense, everything, their strongest personnel group is their DBs. Yeah. Right? And you fed right into that. So – You got to – I mean, yeah, you definitely – I think I think Mike Leach, and this goes for any any coach, you have to be able to change it up um, yeah. and do something different. One of the reasons I've always disliked the triple option offense is because you get behind and then you have no shotgun package. Yep. yeah. You can't do anything. Yeah. Um, and it, the air raid's like the inverse of that, right? You you only you don't have any like power, you know, packages. You don't have any, you know, yeah. between the tackle stuff that you And that's the difference between the SEC too. Like there's there's a time and there's there's when you play SEC football, you there's there's gonna be games where you're gonna win or lose, whether just based on the fact if you can put your head down and tote the fucking rock. 
Bro, I didn't get to watch this whole game. I just got to, like, tune in and out um, a few times. Did Kylan Hill get hurt or something? Um, I was kind of in and out because it was on an alternate network. I don't think has, he got hurt. He has one reception. Oh, one oh. For seven yards. Uh, did he get hurt? One Who's attempt. Running? Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking about the Kentucky year. And he's not on the receiving stats page. Let me look it up. Kylan. He had to have gotten hurt. There's no way they gave the backup running backs more touches than Kylan Hill if he was So, they said absence. So, let me see. Kylan Hill, of course, you have to pay for this article. So, probably not going to see that. Um, I think that – I think he might have been hurt. Yeah, he went out with an injury. Okay. So, that makes more sense why he didn't have touches. Then. So, he went out with it. He went out. He went out early in the game, too. Dude, so that's yeah. a big loss for them if he's hurt for more than just this week. Oh, yeah, because he's a good pass catching back, too. Like, he's really good. Um, yeah. Felipe Franks, 20 for 20. I know. Good for him. Good for him. I'm excited for him. I'm glad oh. for him. Now, he, he didn't have a crazy yardage line, you know, a stat as far as yards. But still, 20 for 28, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Good for him. No, That's I'm glad. I'm a Felipe Franks. I like Felipe Franks. I'm rooting for him. He left. He left Florida, uh, respectively, and it was. I mean, I'm rooting for the kid. So good for him. Actually, kind um, of rooting for him too. I, I never liked him when he was at Florida. I mean, I'm a Georgia fan. There's very. There's one Florida right. quarterback I can think of in the last, well, my whole life that I've liked, and that's Tim Tebow. And he kind of, he kind of transcends the rivalry thing. Um, sure. But uh, I'm rooting for him, man. I just I, – I really like Sam Pittman. Oddly enough, you have a connection to Arkansas through Grace's dad. Uh, my mom lived in um, Arkansas when she was little, and her family has always kind of rooted for Arkansas. Yeah, so, the, I, I, I called him last night, and he was on, like, cloud nine. He's like, oh, I'm sure, man. No more SEC. I know. Ooh, it's funny. Ooh, no one, no one, no one picked this. No. Uh, Arkansas, if you bet, if you bet $10, you won 50 last night on Arkansas. Wow. Yeah, so so if you bet hundred dollars, you won five hundred. Like KJ so. Costello went forty-three of fifty-nine yep. for three hundred yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Yeah. So and one of those interceptions was for a touchdown. Yep. And that was just a bad ball. I saw it. It was just not a good yeah. throw. Oh yeah, um, it was, I saw it too. It was like uh, was it it was behind, behind him ahead of the guy. It was behind the guy and yep. there was just there was a dig route through it behind there was a yep. safety sitting there and took it. I thought it was like a little zig corner. where the guy went inside and then was coming back out and he threw it too early. That's what I, I think they were playing I think they were playing zone. Corner stayed in his corner stayed on uh, far left field. Safety came down to cover the the dig route. He uh, he threw it behind the guy. The corner was sitting there in the zone and just picked it off and took it. But yeah. I mean, it's I like know, said, this is, this is kind of what you see out of air raid teams. Um, I'm I was hoping that I'm hoping that Mississippi State eventually gets to a point where they're more stable with it because I think it'd be really awesome to keep Mike Leach around um, for a long time. But dude, can you think about the whiplash of beating the defending national champs away, then losing to Arkansas at home? Oh yeah, no, it was uh, it was bad. Imagine I mean, the, how their fans feel. Oh yeah, their fans probably feels like no, like you went from their fans were on cloud nine. I know. Arkansas had not won a conference game in twenty in twenty consecutive games, so two seasons, like two and a half seasons. 
that's like honestly hard to believe. That Chad somebody... Morris never won a, a, a an SEC football game. Gosh. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. And to a team that lost to like North Texas last year. So. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, I think that. Um, I mean, on, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. But talk about. We'll talk. We'll get into the other Mississippi Mississippi school too. Um, I was kind of interested to see this game just because I think it was going to be. Like, I was interested to see how good was Kentucky going to be this year as well as how good was how good was Ole Miss's offense going to look because they obviously put up some big numbers against Florida. Yep. Um, and what I came to the conclusion was is that Kentucky's not that good this year. They'll probably win five or six games. And, and you know, their peak probably is seven and five. Mm. Uh, are sitting at 0-2. And, and then I think – Ole Miss is like Ole Miss has work to do on the defense for sure, but yeah. Ole Miss's offense was was legit. Matt Corral looked really well. Yeah, but the, I mean, I mean, then this is like obviously like they played Florida last week, and sure. we're we're balancing out, you know, the fact that you know you're a Florida fan and I'm a Georgia fan. Well, no, no, you can say it because I I already know. Like, don't get me wrong, dude. Like, but I mean, Kentucky's defense is like. Yeah, no, Florida's defense needs work. But I, I'm saying, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you're still playing Florida and Kentucky who have good good uh, personnel on the, de- sure. on the defense and great – Returning coaches and coordinators. Return, yeah, correct. Who, coordinators who are both good. Yeah. Um, so, at that point, like – and it's the SEC. Like, to yeah. me no, – I think up, for sure Lane Kiffin, both, the two new SEC coaches that were not – even coordinators in the SEC last year. Um, yeah. This is about as good of a start they could have asked for to be one and one, two games into the schedule. Sure. Um, Ole Miss offense is clicking, obviously. Um, they, I, you don't see new offenses click that fast, usually. Well, Lane Kiffin, I, like, what, say what you want to say about him, but oh, no, the, man, the man is an offensive guru. Yeah, he is for sure, no doubt, no doubt. So, um, but it's still, just anytime you have a change in style or coaching or anything like that, yeah, you're gonna. I mean, I I don't really want to. I mean, we don't have to deep dive too much in this game. Like, I kind of, I mean, it was a good game between like two like subpar SEC teams. Yeah, like you know, I um, so I think Kentucky's battling a little bit of like you know people always say like they got to learn to win. Um, they got yeah. to win. I think Kentucky's bad on some of that, man. Like this game, it's in overtime. They miss a PAT. Yeah, that was bad. Their kicker's a booty hole. They would, Kentucky really should have won that game. Man, that's so rough. And Kentucky's field goal kicker missed one. He missed a field goal and he missed an extra point. And that's the kind of thing that to me is like this. Here's this is, and I'm a I'm a coach, so this is just the way I think about things. Your defense and offense are playing really hard. It's a really good game. Your kicker misses a field goal, and now your defense and offense are like, can we do it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's what we always thought, like, and, you know, this is coach speak, but it's true. Like, when you're playing, especially in the SEC and on an SEC-only schedule, like, you're going to play teams that have a good defense and good offense. The difference is going to be special teams. So, like, Georgia, for example, like, Georgia – uh, the reason that they've been so successful in the first two weeks is because of special teams yeah. uh, and not even punting and are not even kicking. I'm talking about um, y'all's, I think you guys missed one field goal. Like your kicker, your kicker is 
you know, it's not Rodrigo Blankenship, yeah. but but your punter is is, uh, is great. And yeah. I saw a stat where, like, I think for like the first first like four or five possessions, like y'all were starting in like plus territory. Yeah, and we're ga- we were gashing like everybody on returns right now. Like yeah. if our guys return it, we're gaining 15, 20 yards. Yeah, so that's where I think like the def- like obviously special teams makes a difference, especially in like these close games. So oh yeah, for sure. You know, uh, Kentucky should have won that game, but you know, good for I still Kiffin. think Kentucky is you know could finish third in the East. Um, I still think Mark Stoops is a really good coach. I just think yeah. that. You're dealing with like Georgia's not dealing with culture issues. Florida's not dealing with culture issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kentucky's dealing with culture issues. They're having to change the the belief system and the makeup of fans, administration, sure. players, all of that. And I'm sorry, but a few seven and five, eight and you know four seasons. Well, they had the one ten. You know, they had the one ten win, but it was like yeah. can you but can you continue that? Saying, like, it takes time to change. Yeah. Oh, it's easy to win 10 games one season. It's hard to do it in, you know, in back-to-back season. That's yeah, and that's where I think we really see the elite programs and quarterbacks – or, sorry, programs and coordinators and head coaches stand out is those teams that can do it over and over again. You know, Florida, like, yeah. for all the crap I give Florida and I give you, Dan Mullen has won 10 games. And despite losing games that he shouldn't lose at times, the team doesn't tank. You know what I mean? Like, you guys lose to Mizzou two years ago. You could have easily been like, let's pack it up, you know, call it quits. Last year, losing to Georgia in a year where people thought, you know, you guys had a really good chance. Y'all could have been like, you know what, we're just going to tank and not play well or whatever. But it doesn't happen because the coaching is there, the culture is there, the belief is there. Kentucky doesn't have that belief still, I don't think. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, there's a speech that Dan Mullen gave after we lost to Mizzou and – since then, we're like, we won like 18 of our past 20 games. And it was like, he's like, yo, like the diff- the reason we lost this game is because the attitude in our locker room. Like if you're not willing to step out on the field and want to beat somebody's ass every single play, yeah. then what the hell are you doing here? Like he said that. He's like, this is the this is University of Florida. If you're not competitive and you don't want to beat somebody's ass and everything and, every- and everything that you do, then get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So and I mean, it's interesting. Let's go ahead and talk about the Florida game because it's interesting you said that to me because me and you both talked yesterday. Florida looked good on offense throughout the game. Um, well, I wouldn't actually. I don't. I would say so. As a Florida fan, I'm actually pretty disappointed with the game only for yeah. this reason. Like we should have beat South Carolina way worse than we did. I agree. Um, and I think I'm not even. I'm not the defense. The problem was it's like. You know, last week our offense would look like it was the best fucking offense in the country, and then our defense looked our defense looked. I mean, our defense didn't look terrible, but compared to what we're used to, our defense was bad. And yeah. this week, this week our defense stepped up, and our offense took a step down, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, yeah. like for example, like there's no reason South Carolina has a better defense than Ole Miss, but there's no reason we shouldn't have put at least. I think I mean we should have put forty on them, and maybe even fifty. And my point. Like, and so I'll get into the offense real quick as far as like, like, I think it was a combination of, so like, obviously Kyle Trask came out, lights out again. And then the, and, and the first like two and a half quarters was just dealing, willing and dealing. Like we were looking like, and then, you know, I think there was a couple play calls where I was like, why are we doing that? Like, and I could tell it could get us into some trouble where it was like, you know, like, you know, example with our, 
our defense is like, I'm not too upset with the defense. I mean, the defense has a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. Even Dan Mullen said that. But like South Carolina scored two of their touchdowns off two Florida turnovers. Yep. And it's like, and the two Florida turnovers were from Florida's offense trying to get too fancy. Like, and I think it was a mixture of like Florida, Florida's offense trying to get too fancy as well as Kyle Trask feeling himself a little bit. Yep. Um, the first one was just, why are you running? Like right now, don't run a read option with Kyle Trask and have him keep the ball. Yeah, bro. Like, like and that's where he fumbled. Right. So, um, and Kyle's had trouble fumbling the ball. Like yes, the different, he, he fumbled against Georgia last year. Yeah. Like, and me and Bryce talked about this too. Like, like Kyle, Kyle, the thing that Kyle's going to fumble the ball, but the difference between like him having him not having as many fumbles as he did last year is Kyle, Kyle Trask since Auburn game on has had, has had some of the best pocket presence I've ever, I've seen the quarterback in a while. Um, like if you look at him, he doesn't, he, he steps up in the pocket, he makes the right plays, he squares up his shoulders, he delivers. Um, and so I think with the, with the fumble, that was just like, why then, you know, there's, there's seven of, you know, South Carolina's 24 points or whatever it was. And then, and then you have, uh, and then, you know, we try to get too fancy. We're up by three scores and, you know, you go three pass plays in a row where South Carolina is just bringing, bringing, you know, a shit ton of pressure. Uh, just trying to get Kyle Trask to feel uncomfortable and he makes three bad. Yeah, just, I mean, throwing just I mean, the throws weren't only the throws weren't bad throws, but they weren't like he's not making those decisions, like like he's throwing it into coverage where he's okay. hoping he's his guys it, make plays. He's like he's just letting it go to let it go, like yeah, like he's just like whatever. The way on those throws. yeah, and the the interception I'm not the interception I'm not mad about for two reasons. Number one, Kadarius Tony slipped, and I don't think it's an interception if he doesn't slip. Um, I just I don't think it's a complete pass, but I don't think it's an interception. And number yeah. two is the interception was not an interception to hit the ground. Uh, but whatever, like it is what it is. I don't really care. They didn't, um, you know. But yeah, I mean the defense needs work. That going into next week, thinking about Texas A and M, um, like I said, we just need to make sure that Kellamon isn't out here. Like we can't make Kellamon look better than he is. And then on yeah. the offensive side of the ball, like I think. I think a and is going to kind of go into a, like, all practice. They're going to be focused on pass defense because Alabama gashed them in the past, and, like, obviously we have that ability. Yeah. And I think if you're Florida, you don't get away from that. Like, you obviously light up Texas A&M on the, on the passing side. But I think that if you're Florida, you have to, you have to establish the run early against A&M and show, like, hey, we can, we can fuck you all on both sides. Yeah, I think um, for me what stood out is mainly for Florida is just the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah. First quarter, 14 points. Second quarter, 10 points. Third quarter, 14 points. Fourth quarter, zero points. And to be fair, and to be fair, we literally – I don't – I think we only had one possession in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, so, and I think, like – but I, I, I'm saying, like, when you have an elite offense, um, like I believe Florida does um, this year – you're going to have teams who are going to make those adjustments like Muschamp where it's like, Hey, we need to keep the clock. We need to, we need to, I mean, they won time of possession by, they, they won time of possession by a whole quarter. Yeah. Like 15 minutes or whatever it was. So well, I can tell you this, if y'all had been playing against a team that coach was a better clock manager, it would have been a one score game. 
Yes, we would have won. <laughs> we would have won, but yeah, but I'm just saying, like y'all won by 14. A better clock management by the South Carolina. <laughs> y'all could be sure. in a one-score game, and sure. it could be dicey. And I just didn't see, man, like. You know, you were talking about Dan Mullen having that speech of being like, hey, you got to come out of the locker room every single day wanting to compete and beat people just to beat yeah. people. And I didn't see that from Florida in the fourth quarter. No, I, that's what – like, that's my problem with the offense too. It was like – like, I think the defense stepped up and made big plays when they needed to. And obviously, like, there was a couple of balls that were dropped that went our way that, like, we were fortunate. Yeah. But, but I think that, like, to me what makes me mad and what, like – Florida's about like when Florida's at its best and when we've won national championships our offense our offense has obviously been elite all those years with Spurrier and then Mullen and Tebow but the difference is that it's like whether we're up a touchdown or whether we're up five touchdowns like with our mentality when Urban was the coach and with um with Dan as the OC and Spurrier was I don't care how much we're up. We're going to go down the field and we're going to fucking score a touchdown. I don't care. Yeah. Like that's, and I that's think, the thing. If you're yeah. going to be a high powered offense and your team is going to be the type of team that runs down the field, sticks in the end zone and basically says, our defense doesn't have to play great because we're <laughs> going to put up 45, 50 points. Then be that. You know be that I mean? for four quarters. Yes. Cause be- we were that for, we were that for two and a half, but we yeah. weren't, but then, like, it was like, okay, well, we're up by three touchdowns, so maybe we can take our foot off the gas. Like, does it really matter? And then you put your defense in a tricky situation. And I, so that's exactly what I felt in Georgia last night, too, is, like, I was scared at the end of the game the defense was going to quit making plays. We are going to give up a touchdown or something. Yeah. It's going to look closer than it should be. There's As a coach and as a fan, there's nothing I hate more than there being a game where we dominate the whole game, but the end score looks like they could play with us. Sure. And Georgia's defense didn't do that. They, like, held them to field goals, whatever. And I, for as a Florida fan, if I was a fan or if I was a coach, I'd be like, guys, I want us to see us put people away. Like, oh, yeah. Letting teams hang around with us. And that's the thing. Like, I think it's going to be – and I don't – I that's the one thing as a Florida fan and, like, you know, as a coach, coaching perspective, like, I don't want Florida to be this year to where our offense is so elite to where our defense doesn't think they have to be as good. Yeah. Like I want, like if our defense, if our defense plays like it did last year with our offense this year, I mean, we're fucking, we have a, we have a great chance to compete for a national championship. Bro, y'all, if y'all's defense played like y'all did last year in this game and y'all's offense was on the level it is right now, y'all would have won like 50 to 10 or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, I really thought we should have won that game. We really should have won that game like 48 to 17. Dude, that's two games. And that's my thing with Florida right now is that's two games in a row where anyone watching the game would be like, Florida's a much better team than the person they're playing, but it looks close. Well, that's like – and I don't want to – I'm not going to look too much into it for this reason, this reason only, and I'm not trying to make excuses because, like, obviously – the thing is, is I'm not looking too much into it right now because we're going to find out what Florida's made of in this three-game stretch here with yeah. with LSU, Texas A&M, and, uh, and Missouri. The three-game stretch is like – or two-game, three-game stretch is so important for the East. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, like, for me, it's like, you know, for me, you know, to me, I think, you know, you can make excuses for a defense who didn't have spring, who didn't tackle – for the first two weeks. But if you had three full weeks of practice to where you're doing your shit, to me, you gotta be, you gotta start showing some real signs of improvement. So yeah. 
that's what I'm looking forward to the A&M game. Um, I, offense is going to be there. I mean, yeah. our offense, I think, I mean, what's crazy about it is our offense really only played two quarter, two complete quarters and we still put up, we still looked amazing. Yeah. Um, so, um, and the thing, like the thing that I love about Florida's offense this year, as well as, you know, Florida had four receivers that are on four NFL receivers last year on the roster that are on NFL that are, you know, getting playing time on NFL teams this year. And so I was a little bit worried, but like, we have, we have playmakers on our offense and like Pitts obviously like he's obviously a receiver at this. I mean, he blocks as the tight end and that's something he's worked yeah. on, but like Pitts is like, could be the best receiver in the country if you wanted to. Yeah. Then you have Kadarius Tony who's taken giant leaps as far as like, that's the guy I was most impressed with. Yeah. In Florida. Like that's the third play where I was like, this is what SEC speed means is when he caught that ball and split five defenders on the way. Yeah. And just fucking went to the house Dude. and like, and if you watch him, like, every every time you watch him, you just never know. Because, like, that man, like, literally two guys came on top of him to tackle him. He ducked underneath it and took it for a first down. Like, it's just little shit like that. Yeah. And, like, we have – and the thing that, like, for example, with Florida's offense that makes me think that we can compete for a national championship and win the East is not only do we have those playmakers, but, like, for example, we have Kyle Trask, who's willing to deal him, but our receivers, we have Kyle Pitts, six foot six, Justin Shorter, six foot five, Trayvon Grimes, six foot four. Like, you know, you have these guys who are are big that can give, for example, could give a Georgia who has an elite defense trouble with their size. Like Georgia's like, for example, like a Kadarius Tony is gonna be limited to Georgia because Georgia can match that speed. Right? But like Georgia, I mean Georgia does have great DBs, don't get me wrong. But like I don't care how great of a DB you are, you see this in the NFL all the time. You can be in a lockdown defender on in coverage. But if you're going up against someone who's six foot five, six foot six, you're already automatically at a disadvantage. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and Kyle Trask has been, you know, except for, you know, that one driver, he just didn't look good. He's been the accuracy that he's had, like some of these throws he had yesterday, I'm like, damn, like he's dropping him in places where only those guys can get it. Um, yeah. And make some plays. Obviously, you know the receivers are making those plays, so it makes them look good too. But you guys have after A and M. We have A and M, then LSU, then Missouri. So I'm re- wait. Isn't? Oh, I thought it was. I thought we each had two more games than a. Bye. No, I, I thought about this. You guys play. You guys have. You guys have Tennessee. Then you have Alabama. Then you have Kentucky. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So and then a bye. Then y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm interested to see Florida against, you know, maybe LSU is that game for y'all where you've got a D line that is, you know, putting pressure on Trask. Um, Because I think that's really like, just, I mean, look at the future. I think right now the questions about Georgia are not as strong and it's probably going to be a two horse race in the East. Um, And that game's going to be really important. I'm wondering like, how does our defense match up against your offense? How do our DBs match up against Kyle That's what Pitts? I'm thinking. You know, how does our speed match up with y'all's? And so I'm interested to see what you guys look like against the D-line that's, you know, caliber. That's why I'm interested to see y'all versus Alabama. I think our receiving yeah. cores are different because Alabama is more speed than size. But, like, sure. I'm still looking to see how y'all do against, like, because Alabama at this point to me can, can, can be considered, like, an air raid type of offense. Right. Like, so – like, Clemson, like, I don't know how, like, Clemson won their game, but it was, like, you know, pretty 
pedestrian wasn't anything insane. Like, how is Alabama not number one? Yeah, I mean, they might they might jump up, but Clemson just – until they lose, it's kind of the same year where, like, people would say, we're like, well, Alabama, like, a couple of years ago when Clemson looked better than Alabama, it was like, yeah. how is Clemson not number one? But it was just like Alabama, until they get knocked off, they're going to be number one. Yeah. So, and I, I'm cool with that. But, yeah, quiet. But uh, – Go ahead. I just was – you know, I mean, I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks. We'll find out what Flores' defense is made out of. Yeah. Um, and we'll figure it out. I mean, I'm excited. I, I said I said last night, like, I just wish I had, like, you know the movie Click where Adam Sandler has the remote? Mm-hmm. I wish I could just hit the fast forward button and just be, be, be this next Saturday already. Like, I'm oh, at that point. Where, like, the week I'm just like, is it game day? Is it game day? I know. We got, uh, we got two more games. One is, you know, pretty easy to cover because it's not really much of a game. But I was really pretty impressed with Tennessee's performance against – Missouri. Yeah. Um, obviously, Missouri's not a great team, but I mean, Tennessee's 2-0 and in SEC play. And I, think, I think Tennessee, so like for Georgia, I think this will be a good test for Tennessee. And just my initial thoughts on Tennessee are this. Tennessee is a good football team. They will be a good football team this year. But I still think there is a difference between Georgia and Florida. And then I think it's like Georgia, Florida, and then Tennessee. Yeah, for sure. So to me, it's like Tennessee's good. Uh, and I, I, honestly, I really believe that Tennessee will give you guys a, be, a, a harder test than Auburn will. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Florida fan and I want to see that. I'm, I just believe that, like, it's not even – Auburn has better person. I, I think Tennessee's defense is better than Auburn's defense. Yeah. But I think from an offensive side, Auburn has – I don't know. For, by the way, Tennessee – the reason Tennessee is going to be so good this year is because they have arguably the best offensive line in the SEC. <laughs> Yep. So I think they're running the ball really well. They had over 200 yards rushing this week. Yeah, because they're offensive line. And so that's what I'm, I'm trying to see. I think that'll be a good matchup for Georgia just to kind of see. I mean, I think it'll be a type of like, I think it'll be, you know, uh, I don't know. I was going to say 35-17, but I don't think it'll be that high scoring. Uh, I'm thinking like 28 to like a, a 14 type of game. Where like you Tennessee know, I, can kind of—I don't really know what I predict as far as what they'll score on us. Well, I mean, yeah, but like just because like I even this week I you know I predicted a thirty to fifteen win for UGA against Auburn. Um, yeah. And when I mean, you were kind of close, I was close, but like we held Auburn to single digits, man. Like, oh yeah. So, so it's hard for me to know like what our I think like what our ceiling is right now for defense. And to be fair, like, if you're a Georgia fan, like, and I think you, you'd feel the same way as far as, like, what I'm saying is, like, we've all – we've talked about how Georgia fans de- – Georgia's defense is elite. But I think we can both agree that, like, Auburn's offense, like, that's the worst game they're going to have all season. Like, and I'm – and credit to Georgia's defense because they made them play that way. But at the same time, like, like, that was just, like, the worst thing – like, Number yeah. one, Georgia's defense is elite, but, like, the play calling and Bo Nix both suck. Yeah. So, if you like, play bad against Georgia's defense, you're in for a very long night. Which is exactly what happened. A very long night. And, yeah. and that's why I'm holding off on a prediction because I don't know what the ceiling is for our defense yet. Like, if you yeah. said Tennessee scored 17 points on us, I wouldn't be surprised. And True. if you said that we shut them out, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where we're at because, like you said, I do feel like we played well last night, but I feel like Auburn played really, really bad too. Like dog shit. Yes, really bad. So, hey, you beat the dog shit out of them. Classic. But, 
But, but uh, I don't think they're going to rush for 200-plus yards. No, 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 no. Garantano's going to have to if, – if they're going to have any type of chance in that game, Garantano's really going to have to step up. Yeah. Uh, and so, we'll see if he has that in him. So I, I don't know. that. And he was 14-23 for 190, one touchdown. No, that's what, like – but, like, at the same time, like, when you're Garantano in that type of game where your running back's going off, like, you kind of don't feel that pressure. So, it's like, can he step up to the pressure or does he fold? I mean, yeah. Eric Gray averaged averaged six yards a carry, almost seven. Um, yeah. And then, actually, their their other two backs averaged over four yards a carry. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Their offensive lines is good this year. Yeah. So, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited for that Garantano, game. That's a- Garantano had um, had uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. Garantano had two rushing touchdowns. Damn. So I mean, but like, but he yeah. uh, had ten attempts for fourteen yards. So it was like, okay, here, take your yeah, yeah. So nothing really. But yeah, um, the the thing with, um, I mean, that's a three thirty game. CBS. My uh, my buddy who's a producer. For CBS, oh, it's definitely George is definitely has a CBS slot now. Um, yeah. Um, the so won and they were already ranked. Um, so it was either going to be Florida and Texas A&M or Georgia and and. That's you know, true. It could be Florida, Texas A&M. No, no, no. They've already announced it's not. Oh, they did announce it. No, no, no. Yeah, and they rightfully they picked they picked the correct choice. Like. Um. And then the yeah, last I, game, like, what are you gonna say? I think that uh, Tennessee's always got a good offensive line. They're rushing the ball really well, but you know, it's just can you do that against? An elite defense is the question. And I do – I mean, I liked Jeremy Pruitt as our DC when he was at Georgia. I yeah. really – Kirby didn't have such a, you know, contentious relationship because I would have liked him to stay another year. But I'm looking at – I'm looking at Tennessee's schedule, and I just think, like, I think Tennessee will have that – have that type of year kind of like – I think Tennessee will have a good year as far as, like, expectations go because I feel like Tennessee is probably going to win every game they should – and lose every game they should. Who are the Who are the games that you think they should lose to? Us, y'all, who else? And, and Alabama. That's it. I mean, they play A and I mean, Tennessee does have a hard schedule. They play A and M and Auburn. I think they drop. Like, I think Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, take. I'm going to say they beat Auburn. I no, no 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 no. They should definitely I think, win. I think, but so like I think I'm like people will probably pick Auburn. I'm going to say Tennessee. I think the ceiling for a, uh, Tennessee right now is seven and three, and I think the, the floor is like. Dude, if they five. go seven and three, they will be so happy. Oh, I know. That's seven what I'm three, and you only lose to Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. That's like a dream. That's that, that's my that's what I'm saying. Like that's their ceiling. So, but it's really uh, tough for them too because like two of their rivals are Florida and Georgia, and they play and the their other ri- And their biggest rival is Alabama. It's Alabama. Like they're fucked. Dude, like they have to. Jeremy Pruitt literally walked into maybe the worst job in America for the competition yet. Yeah. And then this year they had on the their two West matchups were A and M, who, you know, is a top. You know, you know, is a top. I mean, is a good team. I mean, I'm not going to shit on them just yet. And then Auburn. you have, and then Auburn, who's like Auburn's a good team. Like, I mean, Auburn's not. You know, A&M and Auburn aren't what they were or what they what we thought they were going to be. But if like, you're South Carolina or Tennessee's head coach, you've got to be like, what did I do to deserve yeah. this? 
I play yeah, Clemson Florida, Georgia every year, and then one of my non-conference games is Clemson. Or if you're Tennessee, I play Florida Georgia every year, and oh yeah, we have a built-in rivalry game with Alabama. But that's what makes the elite teams different. Like for example, like when Florida was elite, Florida Florida plays LSU, Georgia, and then obviously like not right now because they're absolutely they're like the laughing stock of college football. But Florida State is a is a is a strong was oh, yeah. a strong you know so it's recently like, that that wasn't like a really yeah so. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I still think Tennessee's a good football program, yeah. so we'll see. But Yeah, me too. All right, last game of the week is LSU-Vandy. This one went exactly how it should have went. Yeah. Miles um, Brennan, you know, took some steps in the right direction. Uh, the LSU offense took some steps in the right direction, but it's Vandy. This is like what you yeah. should do against Vandy. Joe yeah. Burrow and what could have scored 100 on Vandy last year if they yeah. really yeah, no, I mean, I'm not – it is what it is. Like, LSU did exactly what they needed to do. They came in. They didn't make it close. Like, because if this game would have been any closer than it was, like, even if this game was – even if this game was 35 to 14, like, yeah. would have been like, LSU, you know. The but, most interesting thing to me about this game is that LSU's rushing yards, they had right at 200 yards. Let's see, 133. They had a little less yeah. than 200 rushing yards. That's a lot of rushing yards for that offense. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, like – I still don't think, to me, I'm still not impressed with Miles. No. I mean, Miles Brennan, like, to me, is not – like, everyone had a lot of – and I think he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. But I and also think, like, the difference is, is, like, how do you how do you do the following act of Joe Burrow? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Miles Brennan's a good quarterback. I just don't think, like, if anyone thought he was going to come in here and be the next Joe Burrow, then you were sorely mistaken. There were definitely people who yeah. thought – there were people. That's why I'm saying that. I, honestly, I don't even want to talk. Like this game to me is, you know, LSU did what they need to do. This is exactly what happened. Like, this, to me, this was the least important game of the week. Oh yeah, 100. percent Like I don't even. We like we could spend two seconds on this game. Congratulations to LSU. You did what you needed to do. You came back after a tough loss and put up yep. good numbers. Vanderbilt, you pulled a Vanderbilt. You know, yep. sorry. Derek so, Mason's got to be going after this year if he. I don't think so. I mean, oh, maybe we'll he see. He might go zero and ten. He might. He just might. Who? who what? Name an SEC. They won't beat Arkansas. They, they could beat Arkansas. They could. They could beat Arkansas. They could potentially try to, like Vanderbilt always kind of keeps play it close. Arkansas? With, yeah, they play Arkansas. They do. Okay. I think, and I think they play. Um, I believe they play. I mean, I know they play Kentucky. Which yeah, I think like they could try to keep it. They could they could potentially pull one out there, uh, depending on kind of how that goes. Um, so, I mean, they play no, South Carolina I, this week. Yeah, I mean, I think South Carolina. I think South Carolina is a is like is going to go their you know middle of the pack type of. So like they, they play, play Arkansas. They do not play Arkansas. Yeah, I mean they play Mississippi State. Believe it or not, like, would that not be on par for Vanderbilt? Would it not be on par for Vanderbilt to beat Mississippi State for no fucking reason? But, like, that's what I'm saying. Maybe a Missouri. I don't know. Like, you know, I think there's still a lot of question marks for a lot of teams in the SEC. So, it's just tough to tell right now. Yeah, it's still early. Sorry. Well, hey, let's hit one shout-out a piece, and we'll we'll close this thing out. Um, I can hit mine first. Mine is Tank Bigsby. Listen, brother. Ah, how about that? They are being really fast and loose with transfer rules right now. Yep. You're not even losing eligibility for this year, man. So if you got the feeling on Saturday night that you really wish you had come to Georgia, 
Let's just go on and make that jump, brother. Bro, I don't we'll think, I don't think that's open arms. I don't think that's George Pickens was at, was supposed to be at Auburn. He did but he didn't go to guys. Auburn. Hey, Come hey, t- talking about elite, talking about five star running backs transferring. Shout out! Uh, this is not my shout out, so I don't want to say shout out. But Demarcus Bowman, baby, what's up? Welcome to Gainesville. Yeah. Uh, number two, number two overall recruit last year. But uh, my shout out is um, a guy who I think genuinely is just like a really good person, and like I don't know how you can root against him. And I'm excited. I think that he's going to bring um, Arkansas football back to like somewhat of a you know competency, um, especially, in the, and hopefully get them to where they're competing in the SEC West. And that's Sam Pittman. Um, shout out to Sam Pittman. So got his first win, broke that streak um, against a ranked team nonetheless. And so, yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. I know, bro. And so um, shout out to Sam Pittman because he just seems like a really cool guy. And I just like rooting for him. I just seem like I understand why players want to go play for him. I just feel like he just is like he's a guy that is going to have your back and is going to be there for you no matter what and is always going to kind of be, you know, be that coach that, you know, sends you the happy birthday text when you're 40, you know, that that type of guy. So good for yeah. Sam Pittman. Shout out to Sam Pittman. Hopefully it's not their only win this season. Um, you know, hopefully they lose to Florida. Uh, but um, I think they'll know, win some more. I don't know what their final record would be, but I don't think they'll only win. That's more. the thing, too. Like, I, I, you know, we talk about, I think, other than, like, the the Floridas, the Alabamas, and the Georgias, like, you're looking at a lot of teams right now with question marks, and you we're like, well, we think we'll win, they'll win there, and they'll win there. But, like, this is the first year where I'm like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Like, All right, you know? man. Well, so. let's wrap this thing up. I will talk to you next week, brother. Have a good one. Holla, bud.